first class trip across the Atlantic. Make sure you put them laces out. I've been out and about, and I'm loud, cause I found another sound, and I'll pound on the ground for my guys across the pond. Kick is matter, that's their song. Trust me when that word is gone. Y'all can clap, clap, sing along, but. On a wheel, they got some real deal analysis Take the wheel, I think I feel like a catalyst For this build, you know your boy is never out of it Matter of fact, I think I'll go and win a championship KMWO, KMWO, man you know how this go Yeah, KMWO, kick his matter world order Man, y'all already know, let's go Hi everyone, welcome along to the Kickers Matter Fantasy Football Podcast. I am joined as ever by my two beautiful co-hosts, Mr. Jamie Byron. We'll start with you. How are you, mate? Hot? Oh, mate, it's hideous. I'm I'm all right. I'm I'm, but I've had a a, a very brutal couple of days in this heat. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel your pain, mate. I was outside in it all day today, and um, I think yeah, today was my final straw. I like the heat normally, but today oh, was a bit, hate a bit much. But you, you hate everything, so pretty <laughs> <laughs> much. Um, and that that voice you can hear there laughing away is um, Timbo. How you going, mate? I'm all right, mate. If I'd have been outside in the sun all day, you'd have just seen a pile of ash on the floor. So, uh, luckily, I, I've not been. Um, but no, I'm I'm all good, mate. I'm I'm happy. And uh, Jamie is hot. He looks hot. He's got the guns out um, in, in a vest. So uh, yeah, it's all good. It's nice to see some flesh on the podcast. Timbo, don't you get sunburned under a light bulb, mate? I've I pretty much got in. Uh, like sunburned today with the blinds closed, so <laughs> that is not surprising. Fun fact: my, one of my mates, who's not ginger but is allergic to the sun, pretty much, he got he got sunburned on his um, on his honeymoon under a parasol in Italy. Brilliant! I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous. And um, to that, gents, we got another guest. So we're joined by Stephen Taroni. I think that's how you say it. Um, I hope I haven't butchered your surname there, Steve. Um, you do, you from the hot take, <laughs> uh, from the hot take podcast. How you doing, mate? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was uh, cool to be interacting with you on Twitter. Uh, you know, this past few months and uh, ready to talk some fantasy football. It's pretty hot over here. I don't think I'm struggling as much as you guys. Though it seems like it's like a real scorcher over there. It's um, uh, pretty pretty chill today. Was it? Uh, yeah, what's that in Fahrenheit? I don't 89. Know 89. 89. That's be yeah, us Brits, us Brits don't do the heat, do we? So. <laughs> All the right. We don't do any weather. It's like, it's not, you know, when you've got that heat that just makes you sweat, or you've got like nice heat when you go on holiday. And you've got a nice yeah. breeze as well. Yeah. That is. yeah. And, a, and, a swimming, and a swimming pool. Yeah. yeah. And, normally, and normally a bar right next to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. 
Um, so, Stephen, um, tell us about yourself, um, what you've been doing within the fantasy community, um, and what what the plans are for the future, basically. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, it's been a couple of years now that I've been in the industry. Um, most recently, uh, I've written for Fanball.com. So, uh, Paul Charcharian uh, gave me a chance to write for them, uh, doing uh, weekly rankings during the season. And uh, most recently, uh, I did some work for the world-famous uh, draft kit over at uh, playerprofiler.com. So, there's a few uh, blurbs that I did over there for the draft kit and then a few videos as well. Um, and then, of course, I'm the host of the Hot Take Podcast. So that's what I do weekly with my guy, Josh Daly, uh, my co-host over there. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I've, um, I started listening to it about a month ago now, I think. So, yeah, um, I, I was on the lookout for new podcasts. My, um, my feed was getting a bit the same. And, I, yeah, I, I fancy the change. So, yeah, so, um, it's a good podcast. Everyone should go and check it out. I'm going to add it to mine. Uh, Jack's recommended it to me. Uh, I'm not doing a daily commute because of lockdown. So I've not been listening to as many podcasts, but I'm, I'm going to. And as of last week, I think Jay, Jamie wasn't listening to any podcasts and not... I was about to say, I will, I will add it where, as and when I start listening to fantasy football podcasts again. I think he even told everyone to stop listening to podcasts as well. No, I didn't. No, all I said is it's not... I haven't listened... I don't think I've listened to them for a, a certain period of time. It was nice because it's refreshing. It kind of it clears your mind, clears the head means I can get all my rankings done without having other little bits and bobs in the side of it, kind of in my ear. Um, I'll get back to it very shortly, but um, at the moment I'm trying to finish 83 weeks. And uh, okay. Kenny, Kenny, Go- Kenny Golladay as wide receiver three? Four. Is it Jamie? Four. four, okay, wide receiver four. Four. <laughs> and Tyler Lockett, <laughs> wide receiver nine. Oh, now, yeah. now that, that, that is a hot take. That is a hot take. <laughs> right, Steve, like that, this, might be, this might become the question for every guest that we have. I was going to think that. <laughs> I was going to say that earlier. I was going to. I was going to say every single guest we ever have on. I'm going to ask them where they have Tyler Lockett and Kenny Golladay ranked in Dynasty. Where, where would you have Kenny Golladay ranked? And it's easy oh. in your top five. <laughs> well, I, I mean, what Kenny Golladay was the wide receiver three last year, wasn't he? So when we say, you know, is that a hot take? I mean, he he just did it. He was a top five wide receiver last year. I don't know if he was three. He was a top five guy last year. Uh, I have him at like eight or nine. <laughs> I haven't met like eight or nine. I'm pretty sure. I haven't. I I, I don't have it pulled up right here. Did did Kenny Golladay finished in the top five wide receivers last year? I think that I think in standard. Ah, okay. The touchdowns. I P- yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think in PPR, I think he was fourteen or something like that. Point wise, in, in half in half PPR, he was the wide receiver three. See, and everyone laughs at me. For having him ranked, I've got okay. It's full PPR, but I've I've got him at four. I like him at four. Um, it could blow up in my face. Yeah, eleven touchdowns will will get you there. Yeah, without Matt Stafford, basically. Right. Oh, he had he had Matt for most, didn't he? He had the most touchdowns last year. No, but he had Matt Stafford for most of the season, didn't he? No. Eight games. No. Half yeah, the season. David Blau. Or whatever his name is as well. Great quarterback, excellent quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, um, you're doing all this writing. Sorry, Jack. You're doing all this writing as as somebody who's done one article and it needs to finish a second one. How how do you find inspiration to do new stuff, different stuff? What what do you look for, kind of in the marketplace to to go? You know, we we've created this fantastic podcast with with hot takes that that aren't too hot takey that's more you know you take information like you've got that Kenny Golladay information bang straight like that how do you how do you take 
those stats and interpret them into stuff that you know the likes of us all read and enjoy it's tough man i mean i don't do weekly writing at this point i did for a while um but it is tough i think that it's you know what i found i played around with it um doing like a weekly um article that was like you know i would do like the the weekly stock watch of certain players that are rising or falling you know and like yeah you know i think that is pretty much oversaturated uh so it's really about the style and your approach to the data and you know just not being too one-dimensional i think a lot of times you know we have our film grinders and we have our analytics people and it's like it's both it's always both you know you have to take like a little bit of each and then if you can combine that and articulate in a way then you know it's but it is tough you know because it's such an oversaturated market but i think the inspiration comes from just you know kind of i think what like jamie was talking about right like turn off the podcast because the real stuff is going to come from your own head and then that's when you can yeah. try to get it out oh i like it. So, so that's why you've got drew locker's qb1 tim <laughs> I've filtered out the noise and uh, see that that isn't true. Uh, basically, I've got a crush on Drew Lock. Um, I I I I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be really good for the Broncos. And he's a he's a he was a buy low that I took to the extreme, and I've got him in twelve leagues. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Who's your, what's your hot take for this year? If you've got the hot take pod, what's your hot take? Just general hot take for Ed, yeah. or the quarterbacks, or just biggest like in one. general. Biggest, biggest hot take for the for the year, just to advertise your pod. Oh man! Well, I will say that if I have the opportunity, the hot take podcast is not necessarily just hot take for the for the sake of hot takes. I mean, we try to be <laughs> pretty holistic in our approach. I mean, the the hot take really did start with, okay, it wants we want to make a debate type show. First take is so popular. What, what take? Okay, hot take. Yeah. You know. So that kind of just stuck. But, uh, you know, I'll say that I have Joe Mixon as my RB6. And I think a lot of people are ready. I like that. I've got him at three. I like that. I've got him at three or four, I think. Yeah, okay. Right so we're all right around the same thing. And everyone's ready, right? We're all ready for the Joe Mixon breakout. And I think a lot of people are scared based on what happened last year. But scared money don't make money i mean yeah. i say that all the time and <laughs> if you what are the series of outcomes for joe mixon right i mean how far can he really fall at the end of the year if we're projecting joe burrow to come in and run a high-powered offense andy dalton wasn't that bad last year for fantasy the offense in general if he would have kept going they would have thrown for over 600 passes so you know, if you're going to say over 600 passes, pass attempts, I, I think Joe Mixon is going to get about 60 targets. And that's why I'm looking for Joe Mixon this year. It's like the passing game has to increase for him to be that top five-ish guy. Yeah. I, you, you, you've pretty much joined the Joe Mixon podcast. I don't, I don't think there's one of us that, that, that doesn't like him. And there's Jason who does the Devi podcast. Um, and he and he absolutely loves him, you know, to the to the point where we can't get shares of him because he's got them all. So, um, you know, the big thing for me this this year with Mixon is they provided a better O line for him. He's he's going to get more safety valve dump offs because that's what 
rookie quarterbacks do, and you saw it last year in in LSU anyway. Uh, he, he used he used the running back as as a nice option a lot of the time. So yeah, you know we're bang on. Jamie, what's our, our is he our consensus number four or number five? Uh, let me just bring that up again. I went back to QBs. Mixed I've got him. At, I've got him ranked fifth. I think. Yeah, I think I've got him at four. Let's have a look. I, I, I love Joe Mixon. Mixon's our draft class. He's our consensus four. I've got him at three. Jason's got him at four. Jack's got him at five. And Tim, you've got him at six. Ooh. It's time. It's time yeah. for Joe Mixon. <laughs> I like it. Sorry, Jack. Go on. No, it's good. No, it's good. Um, so tonight we're going to continue with our quarterback rankings. Um, and uh, yeah, Steve, you can laugh at. Tim for his Drew Lock, Drew Lock love. <laughs> I'm curious right. to see how high Drew Lock is on this on this list. Um, <laughs> yeah, we will get to him. We will get to him. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, right. Um, yeah, we're going to go from t- um, 11 onwards. We did our our, our top 10 last week, um, but we'll quickly run through it so Steve can um, let us know about any hideous mistakes that he sees in our consensus rankings. So we've obviously got Mahomes at one, Lamar Jackson at two. Dak Prescott is number three. Watson is four. Kyler Murray is five. Russell Wilson is six. Josh Allen is seven. Wentz is eight. Matt Ryan is nine. And Baker Mayfield is 10. Does anything stand out for you there, Steve? Or are you happy with that? I'm pretty happy with the top six. I mean, that those were all... Like one through three, that's what I have. Uh, I have Dak at three. I have Russell Wilson at four, Kyler Murray at five, Deshaun Watson at six. So we just kind of flipped those three. Um, after that, it's a little different. Like Josh Allen, I love, but I had trouble putting him on my top 10. Um, and then Baker Mayfield at 10 does stand out to me. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think kind of it, it uh, just looking at our individual rankings with some of them they, they do vary a bit I, they Jack and um, Tim have got Prescott at three I've got him at five I've got Russell Wilson at four they've got him at six and seven um, uh, I've got Matt Ryan at eight Jack's got him at nine Tim's got him at 11 so we're all fairly similar um, and Mayfield is basically yeah I've got him at nine Jack at 10 and Tim has got him at eight so um with, May, with Mayfield, they we said it last week. They the Browns have improved that O line, um, yeah. which was my m- main concern last year with Mayfield, which is why I didn't get the hype. He was a top four pick at the QB position um, uh. last year, and I, I didn't get that hype because I, I, I it's, it's my favourite saying: you you protect the guy throwing the ball. You can build a team of all stars, but you you protect the guy throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, which is why I like Mayfield a bit more this year. Yeah, agreed. This dynasty, I'm not sure if I missed that as well. These are all dynasty rankings as well, just to, just to clarify that. We're pretty much a dynasty-only show. Um, we God, do, okay. Do you know what, Ben? So, I, yeah, I was, look, I was thinking redraft. Um, but, but yeah, so actually that makes a lot more sense to me then. Yeah, because you, you probably wouldn't have Baker above, I don't know, Roethlisberger or something like that. Or right, Drew Brees. Yeah, I don't have Baker that high, but yeah, that makes sense if you have Josh Allen at your QB. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense because I love Josh Allen in, in Dynasty. Yeah. I, I do not like him in the Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> Scoring, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. Nine rushing touchdowns again. Yeah. 
it does help it does help right uh let's get on to our number 11 um our consensus number 11 is aaron Rodgers. um tim you've got him at nine uh jason uh our devy guy has him at 10 uh jack you've got him at 11 and i've got him at 14 so he, he ends up being our consensus number 11 um I've got about 14. I'm the high. I'm, I'm the one who's obviously who least fancies Rogers. Um, he's for me. He's he's declining. It's shown over the last couple of years. And Lafleur is an idiot, and he just wants to run the ball. To, for me, they're more of a running team, and when they're in a bit of a pickle, they'll get Rogers to to try and get them out of it. Um, there's, I'm not saying he can't be a, a, a QB one. I just, I just prefer 13 other, other quarterbacks. But, Anyone but, else got any thoughts on him? If he leaves in a year, which I think he does, I think this time next year he's not, he's not in that team, and he goes to a more pass-friendly offense. Does he bump you up or are you down on him because of age and decline? Um, team dependent, really. Um, he's probably, I, I might bump him up a spot or two. I don't think, I, I would suspect he probably doesn't get into my, my top 10. Um, for example, if you went to the Raiders, I don't think he moves a huge amount. Because he's, he's a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. So, not, not at the moment, he's not. He's not showing it. He's not showing it. How, show me how he's better than. He's, Here he he's a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. He's not. Is is he a better quarterback than Dak Prescott? No. He's not a better quarterback. Why is he a better quarterback than Matt Ryan, but not a better quarterback than Dak? He's, he's, sorry, sorry, Tim. Tim, he, Aaron Rodgers. Jamie, yeah, with the, with the yeah, <laughs> um, I, I actually really just for this year, I really like Rodgers. I, I think he's going to play pissed off. Um, and totally ignore Lafleur, um, but then then again, it does come down to the weapons he's got to throw to, um, which is Devonte Adams. <laughs> it's Devonte Adams or or bust at the minute, um, or your boy Sternberger, uh, Jamie. Mm. I, I don't I don't hate Devin Funches and Alan, Alan Lazard in that. I, I really don't. I don't. Funches is young enough. He's he's shown enough promise. Alan Lazard was a great target for him last year. As long as he stops, as long as he does manage to throw the ball more, I think the defence is strengthened. There's more opportunity to get him on the field. <clears throat> my, my biggest issue with him is the run-first offence. But I think his, his talent, it, it, if we always look at it over a three-year period, which is what we do, I, I expect him to move to... to so I, it wouldn't shock me if he was at the Patriots in a year, because it's it's then in a really good in a really good situation to move for his contract, and it's the type of thing that you could just imagine Belichick doing and getting him on a team friendly deal and going, do you want more Super Bowl rings? Because you've earned a load of money and not got them, so let's go and do it. And and that's the type of thing where I go. To me, talent and class always prevails. And the only reason that I have Dak above him, Jamie, is just because his legs get him a load of rushing yards and additional points, and he's in a high-powered offense. So, talent-wise, no, he's not better. But I, 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 
and life and I, I mate, I agree. Talent wise, he's 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 better than Matt Ryan. There's no, I'm I'm not denying that. Aaron Rodgers for me in uh, talent wise in, in in the NFL at the moment is top three. But just what I see with what he's got and the situation he's in, I would rather be. Ta- I'd rather take Matt Ryan than Aaron Rodgers. That's just how I'm at. I would rather take Baker Mayfield than Aaron Rodgers on situations, and that's pushing it. But that's just me. I'm I'm a weird one. Big difference in Aaron Rodgers' play last year, or even like last two years is you don't see those Mahomes-esque throws like running to his left and being able to throw it across his body where that's a no-no for most quarterbacks. Well, that's Aaron Rodgers' kind of throw. And then, yeah, it's like the lack of playmakers. I mean, Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the league. And then after that, I mean, who's going to step up? Um, They really should use Aaron Jones more in the passing game. They won't because Matt LaFleur. You know, um, Sternberger is very good, and I would say he's one of their more talented pass catchers, but this team doesn't use the tight end. So it, it's it's tough. I mean, his efficiency is going to have to be really, really great, like Aaron Rodgers' level, like the past yeah. great for him to be in, like, you know, a top five discussion this season. Where, where do you have Aaron Rodgers, Steve? For, for redraft or dynasty? Dynasty. Dynasty, I don't have those rankings in front of me, um, but I would imagine probably around where you guys have him. Um, I, I think he would be like outside of the top 12 for me. I probably would have him at like 13 or 14. Would you draft in Dynasty, would you draft Aaron Rodgers over Matt Ryan? Superflex or 1QB? Superflex. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Matt Ryan. I really don't like Matt Ryan a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't think, like, talent-wise, he's a very good quarterback. Like, I mean, he's had the luxury of playing with a, some really great players, obviously Julio, um, in a great, you know, you know, with Kyle Shanahan being there and, you know, the schemes that he's had. So I, I think I would probably draft Aaron Rodgers ahead of him, especially if I could get a discount maybe around later uh, in the dynasty. So, yeah. I, to to be honest, it, it's a coin flip for me on Matt Ryan and, and Rodgers, but it's it's a it's a great comp because mm. they're probably going to finish in, in a similar area. Maybe I think Matt Ryan this year probably finishes ahead of ahead of Rodgers, but for for the long haul, I, I think that talent prevails and Rodgers is is the better long bet than than Matt Ryan for me. It's it's interesting because with both players in like a super flex, you're probably drafting both to be like within the next three years, you know, maybe for this season, they're the QB one, but for the next three years, you're probably drafting them as kind of your QB two or going to be that QB two. And it's like, I look at Rogers as I like that floor and ceiling a little bit more than Matt Ryan. Like Matt Ryan is so erratic, right? It's like every year, it's like, he's either a top five quarterback or he's outside of the top 10. It's like every other year for him Uh, with Rogers. There's a little bit more consistency there. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Uh, anyone else got anything else on Rogers, or should we move on to our number 12? Happy to move on. Cool. Uh, 12 is Daniel Jones. Um, Jason has him at 11. Myself and Jack have him at 12. Uh, Tim has him at 13. Uh, Jack, he's your, he's, he's your QB. 
<laughs> he certainly is. Um, yes. I hated this. I hated this pick last year by the Giants. Yeah, um, yeah I remember. Um, but he um, he proved me wrong. Now I don't think the Giants are ever going to win a Super Bowl under him. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's that sort of elite tier. But um, he sh- yeah, he, sh- he showed enough last year. The, the only thing that worries me with him is these fumbling issues that he has. Yeah, um, that quite a few, wasn't it? Yeah, but and but and again with Jones, you've got that was the most exciting thing as a Giants fan actually seeing a, a mobile quarterback <laughs> after, <laughs> after years of seeing Eli Manning. Um, so yeah, you've got that added upside in fantasy um, with him being mobile. So yeah, I you know I think this is a good spot for him, and I think the only way is up. Just he needs to polish up with them fumbles and interceptions. But I think that will come. I, I just, you know, I, I just believe that was a rookie rookie year, and rookies make mistakes. Yeah, no, I can, I, 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 I do agree with you on that, mate. Uh, Steve, what do you think, kind of Daniel Jones and his prospects? I like Daniel Jones a lot. Um, going into this show, I, sorry for the miscommunication, but I thought we were going to be talking about our top twelve quarterbacks for redraft. <laughs> sorry about it. That's uh, didn't get so the good. memo. <laughs> um, but I, I have Daniel Jones very high. I have Daniel Jones, I think, in my QB7 um, for redraft. So I'm very high on Jones. I mean, he did a lot last year with, like, this carousel of injured players that just was, like, rotating in and out, you know, between Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, uh, Evan Engram, and even Saquon Barkley in this time. But, like, Daniel Jones has Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Daniel Jones has – you know, Evan Ingram, if he can ever get on the field, he has a lot of playmakers that you can like say, okay, they're going to be on this team for the next few years. I really like Darius Slayton as a prospect. Um, so I'm all for Daniel Jones. I think that his ceiling is very, very high. And and they improved the O-line this year, which was the, the main, it's been the main issue for years anyway. But um, that that's, as I said earlier with Mayfield, is so important to a, to a quarterback. <laughs> Tim? Yeah, I, I think this, this offense is super underrated right now. As far as a fantasy offense, I think that in 2020, this is one of the teams that you can there, – there's value all across the board for yeah. every, every player on this team, except for Saquon. <laughs> yeah, just on that point, like I, I, I genuinely believe that. I think the wide receivers are going lower than they should be because you don't know which one's going to hit but you're going to get value at the picks for each and every one. So just pick your poison, pick whichever one you want at the ADP because you're going to get value for ADP. Evan Ingram is, is he's, he's in the top five conversation if fit. The biggest problem is him not being fit, but at the moment you can get him at tight end three, tight end two in your team and you can get a shit ton of value out of him for startup drafts. So yeah. I completely buy into that. You don't get value for Barkley, but you actually do get value because you're going to get somebody who's going to perform to ADP. So that's fine. Daniel Jones, where you can pick him up in start start drafts is he's immense because you get rushing yards and you also, you get, you get an offense when it's unpredictable. And what, what excites me for fantasy is an offense where you can say, right. Okay. We've got a QB who has got, he's going to get somebody open. If he's not got somebody open, he's going to rush. He's going to get five yards. He's going to he's going to scramble. He's going to make something happen out of the pocket. And I he he's also he's actually really level headed. You know, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I shouldn't 
really like a Giants quarterback, but he came in, he got so much stick, he got laughed at pretty much, and then he just went out there and played. And, and he took the position off somebody that was loved by the, uh, the Giants fans. The majority. It wasn't by the end. Yeah. It wasn't by the end. <laughs> you, you've, still got, you, you've still got to take it off somebody who's won two Super Bowls, right? It, it, it's not easy to do. You think of you stepping into any job where somebody's been that successful. It doesn't matter how old they are. You've still got to step over that, that people are expecting you to step in as a top 10 draft pick and be magic and you're probably not a top 10 draft pick. And I think he came in and he, and he performed really well. So for me, I, I look at it without stats, just as context and go, I liked what he did. I like his age. I like the, the scheme. I like the fit. And also he, he's, he's, he's pretty much got an inside ear to all the Mannings from all the training he's done to, to be able to, to ask for advice in any situation, moving into any game. And I think, He's in a really good setup to 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 achieve. So I I really like Daniel Jones, not as much as Drew Lock, but I really like Daniel Jones. <laughs> I'm just trying to see where you've got where your rankings are. I was really I, I was scared. You, to in fact, in fact, you do prefer Daniel Jones to Drew Lock. I'm just saying. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and the reason for this is is when I was doing my QB rankings, I I purposely put Drew Lock really far back just so that I didn't get loads of shit. So I might, I might readdress that. <laughs> I, 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 and, and also, I, I, would, I tried to be sensible. I tried to not just do my, my Tim head on, on the rankings. And I went, right, Drew Lock's played five games. Like, I really like Drew Lock, and I do actually prefer him to Daniel Jones. But I can't have him ahead in my rankings because he's not played enough. So I... That's I, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's okay, Tim. I, um, I've just seen my number 13, and I do not like that. <laughs> so that, that needs to get adjusted, actually. We're just going to redo our rankings after this. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, God, I've just seen your number 13 as well. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, Leicester General Jones, and move on to our consensus number 13, um, which is uh, Joe Burrow. Um, Jason, uh, the Debbie guy, obviously is very, very high on Burrow. He has my number nine. Um, I've got him at 13. Jack and Tim both have you both have him at 15. Um, thoughts on Burrow? Who's got the first thoughts on him? I just my, my main thing with Burrow is, although it doesn't show in my rankings, but I do I do actually think Tua will be a better prospect in the NFL. Um, and I, I, Joe Burrow was a bit of a one-season wonder in college, and we've seen these types of. I'm not. I'm not saying he's on this level, but like you've seen it with Trubisky, who was a one-year wonder in college. Um, that's my only issue with Joe Burrow. It, it scares the hell out of me, and it, it, you know, I, I don't want to compare him to Trubisky um, because I believe he's a better prospect than Trubisky ever was. But um, yeah, that's my main issue with him, and. As, as I've said before, Jamie, if if you can, I'm I, I would draft Tua over him in Superflex leagues, and if if you can, sit on Tua. Yeah, no, we we've we've we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Tua and Burrow. Uh, if you're in a position where you where you can pick up or draft Tua in a in a rookie draft, you've got an early pick, but. Um, even if you need a running back, I'm still going to take a quarterback and sit him, especially in a superplex. Yep. Um, I don't. I, I, I've got Burrow at 13. I was kind of 
umming and ahhing over the position wise for him there. Um, I, it's, it's kind of something I don't love, but I don't hate. I'm kind of just a little bit middle-ish on him. Um, I think the offence in Cincinnati is is going to be an exciting one for the next couple of years. I think I think we've all said the O line has in, they've improved that. He's just got he's he's got a bit of swagger coming out, isn't he? He's basically yeah. not. He's he's Baker Mayfield, but not a prick. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of makes sense. Do you know what I mean? That that picture of him with a cigar and you know all that kind of. He just got yeah. this kind of smooth. Um, I think he's going to be very kind of down to earth and, and grounded when he gets into the NFL. Um, that's just a total guess, but I, I think I'm not expecting him to pull up trees in the first year. I'm thinking fairly solid, but as he as he kind of gets more experienced, I think the improvement will will uh, will be there. And at 13, you can either you can take it or leave it, really. I mean, he's got a great cast of weapons there. You've got, we've already we've already mentioned Mixon. Um, I love the receivers. I think AJ Green is a steal where he's going in start-up drafts at the minute. Um, yeah, yeah. You've got T Higgins who they drafted, who I really like as a prospect coming out. Um, you got Tyler Boyd still there. It, the one thing they are probably the one thing they are probably lacking is a tight end actually. Um, but then they, they draft Drew Sample in the second round last year. Yeah. Second or third last year, yeah. Yeah, so they obviously like Drew Sample, but, um, which is why I think you're going to see a lot of dump-offs to Mixon this year, and which is why I'm so high on Mixon. Um, I, I think he'll... So, yeah, I just... For me, with Burrow, that's where I'm at with him. Um, I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of dump... Because there's no real clear-cut tight end there, I think there's going to be um, a lot of dump-offs to Mixon rather than the rest of the receiving core. Yeah. And Boyd in the slot. Boyd in the slot's an absolute magnet next year. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let Steve have, it, have his say because um, he, he's nodding away to that. And there's, um, I've got something to add at the end of it, I think. Just, just quickly, just quickly. I've got, I've got a shoe. I've got a screaming baby. I will be back. I've got the ranking. <laughs> awesome. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I will be back. I've got a screaming baby upstairs. Goody calls, man. It is his baby, so it's all right. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> um, everything you guys are saying about Burrow, um, I think is correct. And man, if I did my dynasty QB rankings, I think I would be pretty bullish on Burrow. It's tough to do that with a rookie, but you know, you guys have Baker Mayfield at 10. It would be tough for me to put Baker Mayfield behind Burrow right now. And I know that Baker has a great cast around him, but so does Burrow, right? And and Burrow, along with Daniel Jones, um, and another guy we'll probably get to uh, later, um, are there's these three teams that, that really stick out to me as like, they're going to be very productive and fancy. And the Bengals are one of them. And when we talk about, you know, uh, Joe Burrow right now, and you guys mentioned it, Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I love that point that CJ Uzama is the only really tight end in town. So where are those targets going to go to? Well, what did Joe Burrow do in college? He peppered the running back with targets. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 55 receptions last year. Justin Jefferson out of the slot, 111 receptions. So Tyler Boyd last year had 90 receptions. 
and no one cares about Tyler Boyd this year. It's the quietest 90 receptions I've ever seen. And then you have this flashy rookie quarterback coming in. So yes, of course there's risk, but he is going to use Tyler Boyd a lot. Um, they're setting him up for success right now. So I, I think it's, it's very, the outlook is very good for Joe Burrow right now. Agree with that. The, bi- the biggest point for me, out of Joe, Joe Burrow, that you, that you don't often see out of really good QBs is the accuracy. Joe Burrow's accuracy last year was off the charts. And I think what we've got to understand with Joe Burrow is the majority of the QBs that come into the league, they don't transfer teams. They don't really have that hardship. They end up with a really high grade. They go into the teams and then they, they perform in a really great situation. What Joe Burrow has actually had to do is go into a team, be second fiddle, not be the guy, move, and then be the guy. So he's actually got a little bit of perspective and he's got a little bit more heart to his game. So what he actually does is he scans and he reads and he makes really good, quick decisions. And I love that in a QB. I absolutely love somebody who can scan and read and make great decisions in high-powered offences. And I, and I think, I, you know... I've not been doing this anywhere near as long as you, as you guys, but I just love the talent. I love the situation going into the Bengals. And it's it, it, it's set up with the offence. I wrote an article about that offence, and I love AJ Green as an experienced ex-wide receiver who, who can go up and get it. He can go in behind. He's, he's got AJ Green's got the lot when he's fit. Having that, in a bad situation is unbelievable. Never mind improving the O-line, so they improved it in free agency and in the draft. And then you've got Drew Sample that already Jack's mentioned. He's a great blocking tight end. That's the reason they brought him in. And he's got good hands as well, so they took him early. So you've got a great option within him. And we've already done over with with Mixon and, and Boyd. And then you've got T Higgins as well, who's going to be open for me. So you're going to see really good wide receiver numbers out of T Higgins. So for me, take Joe Burrow now in your rookie drafts because you're never going to get him as cheap. You're never going to get him as cheap. So, yeah, big fan. Um, Because Jamie's hightailed out of it, um, I've got the rankings up. And our consensus number... Number 14. 14 is Matt Stafford. Um, I'm going to let you guys talk about Matt. I'm a big fan, but Jack, lead into... He was was on course last year for some insane numbers before he got injured. Um, People are just sleeping on him. There's As much as the Lions keep saying they want to run the ball, this is a passing offence for me with Golladay, Marvin Jones, Hawkinson, who... I, again, another another player I really love coming out. Um, I, I and you know you've added DeAndre Swift, who's a great pass catching back in this offense. Um, so you've got the one-two punch of Kerry on and Swift there now. I, I Stafford plays in the dome as well, which is even better. Um, I, I just he again, it just for me it was he was on course for some insane pace last year, and. I, I think people are forgetting that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you and I have both gotten at 17. Um, just for I a... need to readjust my rankings here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um... 17, but, but what's interesting is 
Jason's got him at 12 and Jamie's got him at 10. And yep. you and I have pro probably both got him at this position because the week that we did them, you and I had a conversation where there's a high percent chance that Stafford is one of the QBs that bows out the league early because he's sick of getting hurt because he's in a bad situation. Um, and you and I had that conversation. And that's my biggest worry with Stafford is that he just keeps getting hurt. He, he's, he's had a scare with his wife. He might just go, this ain't worth it. Some, I've earned enough money. I've got my family. I've got, I'm happy. I'm going to bow. Just doing Andrew Locke, basically. That's what he's going to do. He's going to yeah. be the next look. But he's so extremely talented. He's got the weapons. Apparently, he's got the, uh, the wide receiver four there. Um, <laughs> but I, I love Marvin Jones in that set I, I, I always say I draft Marvin Jones in any league I can get him because I, I, he just gets a lot more points than his ADP I don't think yeah. he'll be there this time next year but I think Matt Stafford's in a great situation and he's got he's got the weapons to be a really effective fantasy QB Yeah I agree completely with uh, with you guys and you know Jack, you're mentioning all the weapons they have, and you mentioned that he was on course for, you know, a big season. Um, yeah. You know, he played eight games, so it's really easy to do the math there. I, you know, just times two everything. Well, that would be 581 passing attempts, so close to that 600 mark, which you're kind of looking at. Uh, 4,998 yards, 38 touchdowns would have been his 16-game pace last <laughs> year. That's ridiculous. So, you know, obviously Kenny Galladay like had 11 TDs last year. Maybe you can expect some TD regression. You know, I, I think he'll probably be around that 10 mark. He's a TD kind of guy. Um, so he has that. And then he has Marvin Jones, who also was a TD guy. You add DeAndre Swift, um, you know, Danny Amendola just sitting there in the middle of the field, just collecting all those passes. Um, yeah, so this offense has always been, since Matt Patricia came in, a New England light. They're going to do things a similar way um, that New England did with, you know, bringing in 12 personnel, using the slot receiver, using the running backs in the passing game, which they haven't done as well. But I think DeAndre Swift does fix that problem. Um, so, yeah, I love Matthew Stafford. Um, I, you know, we were, I was talking about the three offenses that I think are going to be, you know, under the radar. It's the Bengals, Giants, and then it's the Lions. Those are three fantasy offenses I'm all on board for. Again, discounts all over the place. So, yeah, I'm all for Matt Stafford. Love that. Great. Love that. I don't think there's anything else to add. Look how, look how nice we get through this without Jamie. Um. <laughs> well, it, it, Jamie has got Stafford at 10 so <laughs> in his rankings. I, I don't hate it. Um, no, not do I. I don't hate it. Um, next on the list is somebody that... You and I are very high on. Yeah, again, this is the player I've got. I, I had him at 13, and I, I really do need to readjust some of these rankings. I, I actually like the player. I just hate the head coach. Yeah. <laughs> I really do hate the head coach. Have you seen where I've got him? Yeah, I've seen where you've gone. I've got him as well. So. I've got him at 12. We've got Sam Darnold, who is our consensus number 15. I have him at 12. Only just because I, I, I like him as a player, <clears throat> it isn't the situation that he'll out he will outlast Gase, and I then think he's actually got some decent weapons. I love him with Crowder, try and take Crowder wherever I can go, and I'm a big Love Bell fan. I've, he, he, he helped me win leagues when I first came in. 
Adam Guy sign. You know, Sam Darnold, I think he, I think he's got the ability to be a top, top QB in this league. I really do. Um, and I think at one point you said you'd take him above Aaron Rodgers. I would, I probably, if I, if it was in a rebuild in a dynasty, yeah, I probably would. Um, but that's just you know, the age factor coming in there. It's um, but Donald is in a horrible situation with Adam Gase at the minute. Um, yeah. when, but like like you said there, Tim. Once Gase goes, this is Donald's team. And um, my my main issue with Donald, and you know, it doesn't reflect my rankings, but um was when he come out I, I watched one of his college games and he threw four interceptions in the first half and then come out through five touchdowns in the second half um, that's what I think that's what you're going to get from him I, he just reminds me of Jameis Winston like that he just doesn't care um, so I, I just think that's the trait that's going to stick with him through his whole NFL career but it's not a bad thing for fantasy look at Jameis Winston last year yeah. exactly I was just about to say that like yeah. if that's the mentality you think Darnold has I love yep. that for fantasy. Just like, whatever, YOLO, throw it up. Let's see what happens. I mean, it scared me last year, probably as much as it scared Darnold when he saw ghosts, you know, quote, unquote, unquote. that scared me to hear that. Like, it was kind of reminding me of like when Ben Roethlisberger was like, oh, I just don't have it anymore. It's like, when you hear that from a quarterback, like, hold on, maybe I shouldn't be drafting this guy. So, I, you know, I, I liked Dan- Darnold as a quarterback. I liked him a lot more going into last year. I think last year kind of has a bad taste in my mouth. So like when dynasty rankings, you know, like I said, I haven't done my dynasty rankings and quarterbacks, but you know, I would probably have like players like Jimmy G and Dwayne Haskins above him. So that's kind of where I'm at with Sam Darnold. I can't get on board with that either of them. <laughs> I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not alone. You know, I, I like you, Steve. I'm, I can't be, I can't deal with that. Um, yeah, what, what's interesting for me is we, we, we forget the start to, to the year that Donald had. You know, he, he was a laughing stock because he got mono and he, and he missed a lot of games from it. And he actually rushed himself back. And this might be a controversial statement, but I actually like the division he's in. We touched on divisions last year. And you've seen Tom Brady have a field day in that division because there's, there's some terrible teams and they, they are, they're cyclical, terrible teams. And, and I don't hate him playing against the Dolphins twice. I don't hate him, you know, going up against the Patriots in the future because I don't see them being the force that they're going to be for the, for the long haul because Belichick's not going to be there another 10 years. Do you know what I mean? So it's when you look, when you try and put your looking glass into the future, that division is one that's going to be great for fantasy for me because I think there's going to be some bad teams and there's going to be some good teams and there's going to be lots of, flip-flop in between who's number one and who's number four. Um, it might not be this year, but I think that's that's what's going to progress. Put it this way, that Patriots defence this year is going to have to show up because the offence is trash. It's it's garbage. So, you know, if, if the defence isn't as good next year, then you're going to have somebody like Darnold who's going to have a field day against them twice next year. Hopefully, Gase has gone before those games. Yeah, once Bill Belichick retires, I think maybe my ranking will go up for Sam Darnold in Dynasty. But, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the Dolphins are, you know, a walking mat for fantasy. But, you know, the Bills, good defense. Yeah, the Bills are 
they're, build, Strong they're team. building that team right now. I mean, yeah. and it looks like a good team for years to come all around. And Patriots, I mean, that defense, I mean, as long as Bill Belichick is there and those those players that he has there, I mean, that's going to be a good defense for a little while. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying for sure as far as projecting for the future, and that's important for Dynasty. So I, I definitely am on board with that. Don't, don't get me wrong. You look at the defenses in that league now and you think you're screwed from a Darnold point of view. But I think for the long haul, the Patriots aren't going to, aren't going to pay all those defensive players. And there's going to have to be a trade-off where they pay somebody in the offense because the fans aren't going to accept that Stidham probably throwing a touchdown a game. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it, something's got to change in that team. And the Bills... I love the Bills. I love Josh Allen, but they're the type of team where they can be great next year and then they'll be terrible for three years after. So, um, you know, things change quickly in the NFL. I think you'll change your own point of view when the Patriots get Trevor Lawrence next year. <laughs> if that happens, we're, we're, you know, we're all screwed, mate. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, in regards to the Patriots, I just... This year, I generally think they will be, well, I think, I'm pretty sure they will be a very run-heavy team and they're going to use all of their running backs. Michelle, Damien Harris, who I think is a bit of a sleeper. Um, Rex Burkhead's still there. you still got James White there as well. So they're just going to, all four of these guys to get touches and they're going to be very, they're just going to control the clock in games. James White is the biggest sleeper out there because he, he gets you 10 points a game. And his ADP at the minute is stupidly low. I don't like him this year. Yeah, and most people don't. But where you can pick him up, you're picking him up against, you know, I'm trying to think probably where his ADP is and where I've seen him. But Probably around like guys like Tevin Coleman or maybe, you know, other backup running backs. or Yeah. yeah. And I'm, t- I'm taking James White over Tevin Coleman every single day of the week because – for me, Harris replaces Burkett and, and James White ca- cracks on as normal, receives the ball and just keeps running and getting first downs. So, um, But then I might be very different because, you know, Sony Michel- I'm not high on Sony Michelle, whereas a lot of people are. So, How likely do you guys think it is that the Patriots tank this year? Uh, I don't, but I think Jack's different to me. No, no, I, I don't think they're going to tank. Like I just said to you, I think they're going to control the clock in games. I think that's what they're going to try and do. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they have a winning record, put it that way. I think they might be, what, six and ten team or something like that. But I don't think they're going to go out and tank. Understood, yeah. I, I yeah. think that it's in the realm of possibilities where I think that some people haven't necessarily considered it. But I agree with you, the defence... I mean, there's going to be some, like, ugly games with the Patriots where the defense yep. is going to, like, it's going to be, like, you know, 9 to 10, th- those type of games. Yep. So, Don't get Damien Harris, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, next on our list, um, Jack, you've got him at 16, I've got him at 16, Jason has him at 13, and Jamie has him at 15, is Tua. So give me your take on Tua. And, and Jack, by the way, Chelsea are winning. I don't care. <laughs> um, my, my t- I've, I've said what I wanted to say on Tua. I, I believe he's the best quarterback in this draft class. Um, and it, like I said, if you can sit on him, I'm certainly taking him over Burrow everywhere I can. Um, I, 
it's not a great situation in Miami at the minute. They're still they're still rebuilding, but they've got a hell of a lot of picks next year as well to re- rebuild this team. Um, he's got some good weapons around him: Devontae Parker, uh, Preston Williams, who we like on this pod, um, Gaziki, tight end. And you, you know you got the I, I like Jordan Howard. He just doesn't get enough love within the NFL. <laughs> uh, and you've got Matt Brady there as well. So you know there's some nice weapons around him. Um, I, I do think it's a year. It's literally you're gonna have to wait on Tua. I, I don't think it's gonna happen this year for him to be majorly fantasy relevant. Yeah, if he can keep the the cast around him, if the Dolphins keep. Jordan Howard and Matt Breida and Preston Williams and Devontae Park for three years and Tua is working with that. Yeah, I think he's going to, his outlook is, can be very high um, because then you'll have players like Howard and Breida, you know, that actually are not underachieving. We're actually looking at them as like producing because of the way that Tua can run the offense. Because anytime in fantasy that you have a running quarterback, um, you always want to like, connect him with those running backs and those are they're going to have comparable sort of uh, production you look at Deshaun Watson with average uh, running backs you know Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde both being borderline RB1s so the same sort of thing can happen with like Jordan Howard and Matt Burita with Tua so yeah Jack I'm with you I think you know this could be like a lost year so to speak Um, but then that means his value is going to plummet and maybe you can get him for cheap Sorry, yeah, I, I, sorry. I, I don't see him as a starter in week one. I think that's Ryan Fitzpatrick, definitely. Um, I, you know, maybe Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick normally second season does full on Ryan Fitzpatrick things. <laughs> so um, I, I think come week six, you're going to see to a, obviously need to see a bit more with this. See what's going to happen with this injury of his that he picked up in college, um, whether he's ready to go or not. But yeah, I I, I do. This year, I, it, it's going to be a wait. But I, I think come next offseason, you could probably buy him cheap because people will just see the production for this year and not be happy. Yeah, I, I think a realistic outcome could be kind of like Daniel Jones-esque, where like he comes in a few games into the season and then he does some things, some flashes in the pan, that you have to like just say, hey, do I believe in this or not? And, you know, the yeah. offense isn't going to be looked at as a very – fantasy like impactful offense but it, it, it sure can be yeah and um, my take on him is what I said before talent always shines through for me and as long as he's able to stay fit and 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 that's NFL fit right that's not college fit you, you take different hits you take hits from real grown men in the in the NFL if you can take them then he's, he's just going to be a stud QB for years because he's got so much talent and it's nice to see a left-handed guy as well um, in the league and that poses a different threat to defences because they're just not used to it so um, yeah so uh, really good um, I, I like to I, I, I quite like the offence Jack knows I'm a big breeder fan I've, I've got him in a lot of leagues because he's cheap and he got really good production for the 49ers and I think he'll I think he'll have a really good share with Jordan Howard as well Um they're just slightly different in their approach. So I think there's going to be a lot of touches for him and Preston Williams and, and everyone there, you know, they're magic. You, Devontae Parker was great last year, but I really think Preston Williams is going to, is going to win out and get the, the major touches there for me. 
So anything else to, to, to touch on to it or should I move on to our next? I have to move on. Cool. Um, our next is number 17. And Jack, interestingly, you've got him at 14. Um, I've got him at 18, Jason at 15, and Jamie at 16. I'll just touch on why I, I have him so late. It's, it's Jared Goff and... He's just been, he's a, he's a really good NFL quarterback. He's a really good system quarterback, but he just doesn't produce really good fantasy numbers for me. He doesn't do an awful lot with his legs and he tends to have just kind of meh weeks. So he's not somebody I draft. I, I try to avoid him just because he's, he, he doesn't make sense for me in a lot of leagues. So um, I'm just not that high on, on Jared Goff. But Jack, what, what's your take on him? I just think, you know, you need to look around this team. They've still got some great weapons, especially at wide receiver. Cooper Cup, we, we love Bobby Woods on this um, podcast. Um, I mean, Cooper Cup, what was he, wide receiver four through the first eight weeks last year? Was it something PPR. like that? Yeah, in PPR. So, so, Cooper Cup is great. great receiver. You've also got these two Titans now who they seem to be using, Higby and Everett. Um, I've seen Higley go quite high in a few drafts. Um, also, as a Florida State fan, I love Cam Akers, and then I get people coming at me saying about Cam Akers, oh, um, you know, the, the Rams' O-line is terrible. Um, have you seen Florida State's O-line? It's non-existent. <laughs> um, it's a revolving door, and he, he done just fine behind that. So that doesn't worry me. I think, he's the per- I think Cam Akers is the perfect, perfect complement behind that. Ter- it is a terrible O-line. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of dump-offs to Akers this year. Agree with, that. Agree with that. You know I'm high on Akers. I've taken him wherever I can. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Steve? I love the Cam Akers love. Yeah, I mean, that's good to know. Um, and you make a good point about the O-line that he's going to have – that golf is going to be forced into the dump-offs a lot of a lot of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the shift to the 12 personnel uh, makes a lot of sense for this team right now. I'm not a big, you know, Jerry Goff fan. So um, I, I think that he has tunnel vision when it comes to his reads. And most of the time it's Cooper Cup because they're BFFs. So um, I, I, I'm not high on Jared Goff. He's somebody who I definitely don't draft. Um, can he be, you know, a top 10 quarterback? Sure. He, he certainly can. I think, you know, I, I believe in Sean McVay and what he can do, but um yeah, we, we just get a lot of average uh, weeks from, from Jerry Goff. It's like Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That's what you get. It's similar, similar to that. Yeah. And I'd take him above Kirk Cousins, but where he, where he not, is normally available, you know, you, you, can, you can get better value for me that's got more of a rushing upside because a lot of fantasy players often overlook that. I think those, those tend to... 30 yards that some QBs get scrambling, it far outweighs the numbers that you get with Jared Goff because you know you need him to throw to a lot of people. You know you need him to to find Cooper Cup on every play. But like you say, as soon as that he, he has that tunnel vision, the minute that, that that's blocked off, you worry. And, and to me, it was either Higby or Cup. And at the beginning of the year, it was Cup. And then at the end of the year, it was Higby. So... I, I, I do worry about him, but I think he's a great, 
NFL quarterback because he's in the right system with the right coach. But he's not necessarily a great fantasy QB. Definitely, definitely a system QB, I, I would label him as. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody, you know, but it's just, that's how I would label them. I'll put it this way. If I could be a system QB, I would. So, I'd, you know, what's the problem with that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, moving on to the next is, is an amazing quarterback, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Jack, you've got him at 18. I've got him at 14. Jason's got him at 17. And Jamie's got him at 17. And he's our consensus 18, which is a wonderful Drew Locke. Um, Jack, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I don't want to take all the limelight with, with Drew Locke, but where, why have you got him there and what do you think about him for this year? You know I like Drew Locke. Um, I like the Broncos' offence moving forward as well. They've, you know, some great pieces. I didn't really understand the Melvin Gordon signing. But again, we're a podcast. As a podcast, sorry, we love Philip Lindsay. Um, so I didn't really understand the Melvin Gordon signing. Um, but, you know, we've got Judy there, you've got Cortland Sutton, they signed uh, KJ Hamler in the draft. Um, and, you can, and you've got Albert O there now, who's going to be a big red zone target, I think. You've got another fan still there. So, I, I like Drew Locke, but it's a very limited sample that we've seen. What is it, six games? And I compare this to, it's like Jimmy Garoppolo. You saw six games of Jimmy Garoppolo and what, what, what happened, like, ended up on the 49 and, you know, I, I just I, I do worry with him for that reason. Yeah, Steve, I'll let, I'll let you go because I'll, I'll enjoy closing off the Drew Lock. One hundred percent, and I'll let you shine here. Um, I like Drew Lock a lot. I think that the hype has gotten a little, little out of control. I mean, in redraft, you can still get him at like QB seventeen, which is great. So obviously, in redraft, still a value late round QB. Take your shot if you think he can be that top 10-ish guy. Um, I think he's definitely a candidate for for that. Um, I'm worried about, you know, I kind of compare it to Baker Mayfield, how we saw this rookie with swagger come out. He has all these weapons and he plays really well. And then you have that regression uh, immediately after. So I could, I'm worried that that could happen for Drew Locke um, because, I, you know, he was you know, go in, nothing to lose. I mean, it's a different mentality than when you go in as the starter. It's a lot more pressure. Yeah. Um, so we have to see that first. Um, but I, I'm ready to tout him as a, you know, a, a dynasty asset. Love the team that is built around him right now. Um, so we'll see if John Elway finally got his guy. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll, you, your comp with Baker is absolutely bang on because he, he is, he's got a load of swagger, He's come into an offense where everyone's going, look at all the weapons. This is exciting. You know, John Elway in there, you know, is, is this the year that the Broncos really turn things around and have that high-powered offense and take the pressure off the defense? What I will say is that the Drew Lock doesn't really come with a lot of the, the, the newspaper stories that, that Baker does. He doesn't seem to have that character flaws. And he's also not got that ADP because he was drafted low. And it's in that Broncos offense and not the Browns that with OBJ and all these, all these superstars trying to, trying to grab the limelight and say we're going to win the Super Bowl. He, his ADP is absolutely magic. And in a Super Flex, he, he can be your QB3. And at, and at that level, QB3, the majority where I take him, I see longevity and I see a really good output. So for me, you know, everyone else... 
kind of, you know, either take him really high because that's fine. You take him and that's, and that's then not a problem for, for, for everyone else. You can still get somebody who's going to have a similar or better output. But he's, he's got the weapons and he's got a really good opportunity to shine at a really low ADP. But we need to see more from him. So those first five, six games in the season are going to be huge. But yeah, he's he's got the talent, he's got the situation, and he's got the dance moves too. So um, yeah, for for me, he's he, I where I've got him in my rankings, I'm about ninety percent sure he's going to be higher, just because of the situation, just because of what I saw in those games, and without him being a bit of a dick off the pitch, to be honest, because that's. The comp with Baker is that he came in, he showed it on the pitch and on the field, but as soon as he stepped off it, he was back to being a bit of an arsehole. And I think he, I think he, he came into last year with the wrong mindset that he'd already made it. Whereas everybody's knocking Drew Lock back a bit, you've not made it, you've played five games. So that's the difference in the comp. The comp is right that they've come in and shown promise, but you've you've got to then take it and step it on. And he seems to have the backing of real good people in that locker room. People like Von Miller who've won Super Bowls, who know what it takes to, to, to win Super Bowls. And, you know, has seen people like Peyton Manning come in and, and show greatness. And, and people like Von Miller have got really good things to say about Drew Locke. And that matters in the NFL to me. And that is context that you can't get from stats because he's not played enough games. So... When you when you comp him, he, he he could have a similar output to to Joe Burrow this year, and and that that isn't actually a really bad comp because they're both really capable QBs in great situations. But you've got one that's a rookie and one that's played five games who understands what it's like to get hit by an NFL linebacker. So I I, I think he's got all the opportunity, and and where we've got him as a ranking is is about right. It's not over the top, and it's not. It's not too low. Tim, that sounded like um, Jamie Byron going on the rant about the Falcons. Like, absolute love fest there. Like. <laughs> um, Steve has got a shoot. Um, so, Steve, just a... Well, a thank you for coming on the podcast. And just um, a quick one. Just tell us where we can find all your great work. Oh, man, thank you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I mean, it was really fun to talk QBs. I think that this is the hardest position to rank, if I'm being honest, just because there's so many damn good QBs. And then at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you know, so what? Okay, he's a QB 11 this year, you know, who knows what's going to happen next year. So that happens a lot in fantasy and dynasty. But um, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, You know, find me uh, on Twitter at FFProfessorST3. Um, and then, of course, the Hot Take prod- Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, all that. Uh, and then during the season, uh, over at fanball.com. Oh, great. So thanks for coming on, mate. Um, it's, been, it's been brilliant. And uh, people, definitely go and check out the podcast because it's, like to say, it's one of my favorite ones now on my feed. Appreciate great. it, fellas. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Great time. Cheers. Everybody. With the 59th pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Roberto Aguayo, kicker, Florida State. Yeah. Yeah. Kickers are second rounders too, baby. Right.
everyone. Um, this is the time that I butcher it because I always do. But um, it's the famous Robbie Aguayo corner, where where it will either be a hit or more than likely um, a massive wide right hundred yard miss. <laughs> Tim, ha, um, have you got a hit or a miss today for us? Have I got a hit? I think I've got a hit. Um, Premier League football's back as much as. It's not great to, to see no fans in the stadium. It's great to have sport back on the TV. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing um, for a 30-year wait to, to go, which looks like that way tonight, but Man City will probably win. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's nice, generally, just to see a little bit of normality. I know there's still the chance of a, a second wave, but it's nice to see grandparents, everything like that. So I'm, I'm just really thankful at the moment that we're getting some level of normality and, you know, as hot as the fucking sun is, it's nice to, to have um, a bit of time in gardens with, with family members and, and just get back to that, that, that social aspect that isn't through a screen. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Um, I, it's not my hit, but it is well up there. I, I, I've not watched, I've just said to you, I've not watched as much Premier League football as I have in fucking years. I, I you know, I, I just gave up the football because, I don't know, it's all about, I, I, I probably made a controversial statement on Twitter what I did because people come after me. I was like, I don't see the obsession with attractive football because I don't, I just, my, my I, I, when I play a game of anything, sport, computer games, I aim to win. I don't aim to lose. I don't care how I do win. I don't care how it's done. Yeah, it'd be great to win, you know, very attractively. But yeah. I, I don't care. If I win 1-0 every week and it wins me the league title, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just that's, that's, I think that's probably my biggest issue with football in this country is it become, people become obsessed with it. Yeah. And it's, a, it's become a stats-based game. I mean, the, the stick Mourinho got there, parking the bus it it was effective right and that's all all you need to be look in any sport you could pick to watch the Patriots over any other team you're probably not going to do it because they're not the best to watch but they but they win they win they're effective so yeah mate to be honest it's um I'm I'm bang bang on with you Uh, obviously as a Liverpool fan we, we do play great football but we don't play the best football in the league that's fair but we're effective in what we do and We've got, it's the sum of the players. It's not just individual talents. It's the, it's the combined nature of the team. And Man United did it for years. Patriots done it. You, you know, you look at the Bills, uh, the Bulls to a certain extent, the Chicago Bulls, where Jordan, Jordan was the best player, but he had Scottie Pippen, best number two, but they had some thugs. They had Rodman who'd, who'd go up there and get the rebounds. They weren't necessarily always the most attractive, but they knew how to get the wins. And they knew they'd go yeah. to Jordan and win the game. So no, exactly. it's we have gone off on one there, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just I just I don't care how you win. I'm just the, if you play something for me, it's the way I want to teach my daughter. You play to win. You don't play to come second. Yep. Um, What's yours, mate? My hit. My, yeah, <laughs> my hit is um. So my PS4 blew up last year. Um, I, I've been having an R and for a while. Went to rebuy it because the PS Five's coming out, and then The Last of Us Two got released last Friday, and I um, 
yeah, I, the first game was absolutely amazing. I, I, Tim, I know you, you've got an Xbox as well, the same as me. Um, but this is one game that if you're ever going to buy a PlayStation, you just go and play the like, go and play the first one. For example, it's it's an absolutely outstanding game. It goes up in my top five of games ever. Um, and number two came out last Friday, so yeah, I've got. I think I'm about halfway through it. It's just as good. The story's insane. Um, so yeah, I'm quite happy with that. And yeah, I'm happy to be back on the PS4. Um, yeah, it's um, I say. I, I, I'm not one of these people. I, I, I don't choose a side. I like both consoles. Both have great games, and that's that's what entertains me. So, if, if you've got the time and you've got the money to have both and play both, I don't see a problem with it. I'd have I'd have the PlayStation just for the Spider-Man games, to be honest. So, um, yes, great game. I've completed that game. It's a great game. So, um, I'm fully with it. Yeah. No, I just you know. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's us done this week. Thanks to Steve for coming on. That was um, that was good fun. We um, we've been getting a few guests on, so we 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 had a discussion. We get it out in the open now. We had a discussion as a pod. We're gonna um, we're moving away from redraft. I'm gonna get the redraft rankings taken off the website. We don't. We're not a redraft podcast. Um, we we are dynasty, and we do Devi. That's it. <laughs> um, you know, we do many forms of dynasty, but. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that is what we are, and that's what we're about. And it's good to have. Like, I do enjoy having these Americans coming on um, from these big, big companies that a lot of them work for in the fantasy industry. Um, it's good fun, and it's another route that we want to move down. We want to get great guests on like that. We don't want your typical. We we want great fantasy analysts coming yeah. on this podcast. And it's actually it's actually a credit to you, to be honest, mate. That. Um, a lot of these guys know you. You know, they don't know me. A lot, a lot, a lot know Jamie. And this is because we do Dynasty and we do it well, and we and we we put a lot of thought into it. And you started this off and and took that on. Um, the amount of people you know in the industry over in the states is phenomenal. And I think us showing our area of expertise because redraft's great, but. Dynasty yeah. is the long play. It is that thoughtful play. And each and every one of us on the pod has a different way to attack it. And yeah. Jamie does it in two to three years. You're probably similar. And I look at it probably from two to five in a different aspect. And I'm, and I'm really learning my trade. And I learn it off you guys, you guys and the people that you've introduced me to on, on, within the team, like Alan, John, Jason in particular, and then through into the guys in the States. And, and to me, moving away from redraft makes complete sense because this is what we're good at. This is what we're known, known for. And um, <clears throat> yeah, if anyone wants to beat us, then join one of our leagues because we, you know, we're, we're pretty fucking good. <laughs> um, we will be running um, our DFS pod again through the season. We've discussed that. That's, um, that was a big hit um, last year and the year before when we've done it. It's... Um, I love DFS. It's one of my favourite forms of fantasy. I, I love daily fantasy. It's so much so I bought shares in um, DraftKings last week, <laughs> which took a hit already. But um, that's the American stock market for you. Um, but yeah, so um, we're, we're going to be doing that. Um, and also, while I'm, while I'm here and I remember, um, the Steve Rains Bowl. Um, there's some updates this week. Go on the official handle. Um, 
and you'll see the, those couple of videos there and there's a new format that we're introducing. Um, I, I, I didn't get annoyed. I just got a bit, a bit, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but I, you know, I, I saw a lot of these big leagues popping up and I, it just seemed like a saturated market to me. Um, and I want this league, I want this league to stand out. So um, from, you from can still see. From what you've said, Sorry? from what you've said, this, this, tournament it's not just about doing something that's going to be popular and you know really mainstream this is about doing something that steve would have loved to have been part of and yeah. feel special to to a guy who meant a lot to to us in this part so we're going to do something that's that's different that's not the same as everything else and that is a credit to him and something that that he he'd love being part of, and and I think I think you've nailed it, mate. You know, we, we there's been a lot of talk. You've had a lot of ideas from the guys, probably not from me. Um, and you know, the main thing is 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 doing right by the big man, and um, that's that's going to show. It's going to show. It's a, it's yeah. a good format, and um, there's still spaces. So anyone listening, just apply if you've not. Speak to Jack, get involved, and uh, hopefully you'll be part of it because it's going to be something great. Yeah, there's, there's. If you go on the official handle, there's the link up there to apply. You can still apply. I'm going to randomise these 25 spaces uh, that are left on Saturday, okay. so there's not, there's not long, long left. You've got a day, pretty much. Um, so please do apply. It, it, you know, you, you could be one of these 25. It doesn't matter if you sign up. Saturday morning before I do it, you could still be one of these 25. Um, and then we're holding five places back as a podcast, which we will do. I don't know how we're going to give them away. We're, there's going to be some sort of giveaways um, happening. So um, I've got some ideas. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll think of something, but there'll be five places available that way. Um, but yeah, please just do go and look at all that. Um, our website is kickersmatterfantasyfootball.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at kickers underscore matter. Um, but yeah, that's us done. And um, I better go and deal with my daughter now because she sounds like she's having a bit of a tantrum. <laughs> Hopefully mine are all still asleep, mate. But um, also check out YouTube, Kickers Matter podcast on, on YouTube. Um, we've started editing and putting some of the videos together. So the one a couple of weeks back from Rich King and Ben Rolf is on there today. Give us some feedback. Is it is it worthwhile? Are you going to look and have a read? Um, you know, because it's just another outlet for us to, to get this content out there. So. Cool. Thanks for tonight, Jack. It's been good. Yep. Cheers, guys. Cheers.